0: Welcome to DocuTalks, a podcast about documentaries mostly from Netflix. Chelsea and Michelle may be from two different generations, but they both share a passion for talks of true crime, murder, and documentaries with flair. Join these chatty bitches while they dish the latest hot documentary on DocuTalks. Welcome to DocuTalks. We are covering episode 7 of Tiger King: Deep So, So this morning, we have adult content, we use explicit language, and we will be talking about animal abuse. I'm Michelle.
1: I'm Chelsea.
0: And we're going to start again with our favorite memes. So my one this week that I found is a Wheel of Fortune episode. And Joe Exotic says, I'd like to solve the puzzle. And the puzzle is that bitch Carol Baskin.
1: That's a classic. I love that meme as well. So I have another two, two meme special because it's the last episode, guys, so why not? So my my, one of my memes is the one where it shows the person sitting on the couch and they're on episode one of Tiger King. They're totally cool, normal. And then by episode three, They've got their mullet, their mustache, and their shotgun, and they're saying that. At first, they're like, I don't get it. And now they're like, fucking Carol Baskin. And for me, that is just my evolution with Tiger King. 100%, I am that meme. <laughs>
0: You know what? I agree with you, too. I think when you first start watching the episode, you're like, what is going on? And then, yeah, about the middle, you start becoming sympathetic to Joe and what's happening. Once you find out about the whole Carol's husband's missing story, your thoughts kind of started to change.
1: Oh, 100 percent. And I am just, yeah, fucking Carol. And I've jumped on that train so hard. And then. My other favorite meme is actually uh, something Michelle had shared on Facebook, and I just loved it so much. I, I actually almost tried, went to save it, and then I was like, oh, wait, she shared it. Maybe she's going to use that one on the episode. So I was very happy she had a different meme. And it's got uh, the leader of North Korea, Kim Jong-un, and he's saying, who try kill me? And, of course, Joe is below saying, I'll give you one damn guess. <laughs> listeners you know who it is
0: <laughs> <laughs> he blames carol for everything
1: yeah, so do i though
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> all right so episode seven this is technically the last episode although they added an eighth one that is just more um thoughts i like a look back on the season and interviewing some of the characters from the show um, but for me, I thought we actually get some conclusions in this episode about Joan's charges, which was good to know, because, you know, it wasn't quite clear 100% how they were going to pull that all together, and also some information about what happens with his zoo and, and the new zoo. I didn't think quite as many twists and turns this episode, but it's all good. At least we got some conclusion and some answers.
1: I think it's funny that you say that. <laughs> So, I just can't believe that this is the last episode. Um obviously episode 8 aired much later than when the series was released. So, we did think it was the last episode for a long time. So, I'm just thinking like, how can the saga be over even though it was the last episode of the series? I don't feel like the story is over. And I really wish we could delve deeper into a lot of the things that we saw in this episode, particularly Joe's origin story, which might just need to get its own documentary. <laughs> <laughs> that origin story. And why did they wait till the last episode to show us his true origin story? Yeah. That that was gut-wrenching for me. I was like, how could we find buy- you waited so long? <laughs> So let's dig in, guys. We're going to start off with Joe's charges. He was charged with murder for hire, but also with animal abuse charges uh, related to the killing of tigers, transporting, selling. So it turns out that they did find bones of several big cats, which is not a shocking revelation. It's alluded to throughout the whole series. And really, it's just one of those things like, how could they not have killed or? disposed of several cats during that time they basically increased or trumped up the wildlife charges because the murder for hire was so flimsy at least that's what we heard in that episode and I agree with that 100 percent. it's quite skeptical whether or not those murder for char- murder for hire charges are as strong as they like us
0: to believe yeah I, I agree with you I think that's why they had to put all the animal abuse charges in there finding the big cats the dead cats on the zoo you know i kind of wondered to myself well if you went to carol baskin's zoo you'd find the dead cats under her little graves that she has so maybe joe just didn't set up the fancy graves i mean it's it's not cheap to euthanize an animal if you watch any documentaries and we might cover one of these next season about factory farming, they will kill those animals fairly cruelly, because they don't want to spend the money on the medicine or whatever drugs you need to get them to euthanize them. So they'll kill them in kind of cruel ways or just let them die naturally, which can be cruel in itself. So him having shot some cats, the, the big question is, were they healthy cats or not? The idea is that they were probably healthy cats. So I don't know. But I think that's part of the reason they had to put that in there.
1: I know. And I was also thinking that, like, obviously they found the skulls and they found the bones. But we have no idea what state those tigers were in. And also, they didn't talk about whether or not they had visible bullet holes in the skulls. Because they might have died from natural Mm -hmm. causes. It's not like they had a forensic analysis out there checking out the tiger bones. We don't know those backstories. And for him, and like you said, for him not to have any dead cats got unbelievable, more unbelievable than it just made it made sense to me. But, you know.
0: But even if they found a bullet hole in the skulls of the cats, to me, if those cats were sick, that's probably yeah. the most humane way of killing them without taking them that and have it, in it officially done. Because, listen, when I took my little kitty cat to get euthanized, well, now that was Thomas, who was a little bit of a chunky, monkey, kitty cat. You know, that it <laughs> doesn't matter. But, you know, I think that was like four or $500 just to euthanize him. Yeah.
1: Um, I'm glad you said it because I didn't want to be the, the person who, who said it and then <laughs> hated by our listeners first. No, uh, I totally agree with you. Like, I feel as long as it's a quick, clean kill. Yeah. It, you know, there's hunters everywhere. People, this happens, animals get killed that way. For me, I totally agree with you, especially hearkening back on the factory farming. If it's a mm-hmm. clean, quick kill, there's no difference between a vet euthanasia and euthanizing that way. And you're yeah. right, it costs so much money. And it yeah. just doesn't make sense. Like, cause he has to transport, he has to do all these different things. It's a lot bigger than... It seems and I feel like we're really quick just to jump on that hate him bandwagon because they found dead cat still love Joe in my heart of hearts. So I don't think it was the nail in his coffin.
0: Well, I think that probably the biggest stickler for the charges was the selling of the animals.
1: Yeah, Yeah.
0: that's where they really I think had him because you can somewhat justify the dead tigers. (laughs) We don't know if it's true, but you know what I mean? You can sort of look at it like, well, maybe they were sick and he was killing them as humanely as possible and financially feasible as possible. And you could look at the murder for hire that he wasn't really technically serious doing it. But the selling of the cats, there's not much you can diesel no. around that one,
1: which is exactly my next point. For sure, he deserves all of those charges because it was also bringing them across state lines, like the illegal transport, the illegal sale, all of those things, which I agree with. And I for sure understand why he was charged with those things. I wonder what our listeners think. How did they feel about the charges that were brought up against Joe? Do you agree with them? Do you not? Can't wait to hear your feedback.
0: Yes. And I couldn't believe that he actually took the stand. I know. Michelle.
1: When his lawyers are like, "Uh, Joe, it'd be best if you just keep it shut. And he's like, no, this is my time to shine.
0: That's right. And but they, they said, he, said he, was, he did a good job though. They amazing. said that he admits her for everything.
1: Yeah, and they said he was amazing. And I can see that because, you know, Joe can be quite charismatic when he wants to be. And he is a very good story weaver. So Yes. Why not? So yeah, we talked in the last episode about whether or not Alan really went to Florida to kill Carol. And we hear some conversations, some mm-hmm. recorded conversations, and we knew that Jeff was trying to trap Joe with the murder for hire. Essentially, like, it really makes it seem like he was being led down this rabbit hole where they were setting him up. And those conversations really, I think they, they add to that.
0: Oh, my gosh. Well, I think these conversations between Alan and Jeff Mm-hmm. Just make it seem. I don't know if I want to go so far as to say make it clear, but I would say make it a little more, well, a lot more obvious that Jeff was trying to set Joe up because he's <laughs> telling Alan to come back and almost like he was feeding him what to say. Mm-hmm. So it was really suspicious to me that. There was no hire done by Joe with Alan.
1: Yeah, he he kept saying like, oh, remember what we discussed and you've got to get him saying these things. He was very much leading Alan. And uh, when they were doing that interview with him and he's in the bathtub, my God.
0: <laughs> Why?
1: a brilliant idea. Like Alan, all of a sudden, you know, I'm just, I'm just feeling like I'm gonna take a bubble bath while we do this interview. Yeah. What? We didn't need to see that. At least it wasn't naked. Yeah. I love that he's in his shorts. Like he's like, I'm just gonna take a bubble. And then he's in the bath like splashing himself. Oh (gasps) just when you you didn't think it could get any kookier. Eric lets it go there. Like, Eric, what were you thinking, hun, when you let your guests do their interviews? Like what were yeah. you thinking? Or were you just letting whatever happened happen?
0: Yeah. Exactly.
1: Okay. Uh, and so they also mentioned that Alan lied on the stand and they had proof because they had the the recordings that he, he said he was never in Tampa. He said it didn't happen, and remember, I kept mentioning last episode that he just seemed very unsure, and, and you know, apparently, and I'm just like, no, this, this is not, there's something going on here. So, we find out in this episode that he admits to never going to Tampa, and that that whole story was a fabrication, and then he lied on the stand about it.
0: Do we know he lied on the stand about it? I don't yeah, quite I mean, remember if that was obvious that he did.
1: So he said uh, that he went to Florida, but then they have the recording no, said proving.
0: Ordinating. But did he say that on the stand? He said that to us in the episode. That doesn't necessarily mean he said that on the stand.
1: But so they had witnesses. So Eric and John, the I think the, the zookeepers from the GW Zoo, they said that he had lied on the stand. Because there wasn't any clips. We couldn't get the clips from the trial, but they said in that episode that he lied. Oh, I missed uh, On the stand. So that might be, listeners, help us out. Let's see. (laughs) We might need to revisit this in another episode. Um, Because I might be wrong. Michelle might be (laughs) wrong. Yeah,
0: I missed that. I didn't think it was... I know that he said in the show that he went to Florida but didn't do it. But then this episode, he had said he didn't Make it to Florida,
1: and right, then, so I'm assuming when he
0: got on the stand he didn't say he actually went to Florida.
1: even Howard mentions in his interview that Alan may have lied on the stand like i yeah. I really feel like there were a few interviews where people that were there said mm-hmm. like there is suspicion that he lied on the stand. We might have to revisit this like I said i
0: oh my so gosh, I'm gonna have to rewatch the episode now.
1: you're gonna have to. <laughs> We might have to have a follow up episode.
0: Just so I can say I was right and you were wrong. Oh, I know.
1: That's, that's my whole
0: life, Michelle. It's always a highlight when I can say that in the day. everybody. anybody. <laughs> All right. So now we've got, oh my gosh, James. Oh, I love the subtitles under his name, is Businessman. Really? And the thing I loved about James, they put under his name, businessman. That's his subtitle, businessman. What kind of businessman is he?
1: Every business.
0: (laughs) Exactly, Chelsea. He's done it all. He's done every job there is. He knows it all, right? And then he also says, I'm somewhat responsible for all this. Well, of course he's responsible for all this. He's the one who went down as a confidential informant. And then he was the one who tried to maneuver all these conversations. So, And then also got Jeff on his side to make sure Jeff didn't get charged. So, of course, he's responsible for all this, right? But the other thing I found interesting was he wants his name on the new zoo because he figures that he helped Jeff get out of these charges. And it was his idea, I guess, to move the zoo. So, when he was talking about all this stuff, I couldn't help but think to myself, oh, my gosh, this is a little Joe." He's like Joe. He thinks he's the big man on campus. He's done it all. He knows it all. He's the best.
1: He is just unbelievable. He thinks like he's just yeah. I can't. I I, he's so self important. He's just so self important.
0: Yeah, and he's not important.
1: No, we find that out, especially. He's important in his head. head. Yeah, and what did you think about? When So he wanted his name on the zoo, which I think is hysterical. But then Jeff's like, you know, James didn't even have the money. He can't be a part of this. He's poor. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Jeff, where's your backing?
0: Yeah, I'd like to know about that, too. But, yeah, obviously, James's parents couldn't afford to contribute to this, like he does all his other businesses. But I am telling you, that shot of him riding on the jet ski – while they play "Eye of the Tiger," was <laughs> that's priceless. Oh my gosh, that that was amazing. Actually, I just thought that was so hilarious.
1: I think I've watched it at least fifteen times. I keep like every time I watch the episode, I keep just rewinding a little bit and rewatching it because it's it's just mesmerizing. <laughs> it's mesmerizing, <laughs> and even while Michelle's telling you guys this, listeners, I had to like cover my mouth to suppress a cackle because it's just thinking about it brings me so much joy
0: (laughs) yeah it was hilarious I thought it was great
1: oh it's hysterical (laughs) I'm like I love the lead up he's like oh more stuff is going to come out you don't even understand how big this is you know what I just can't even. We need to stop. Let's just take a break. I'm going to go ride my sea doo Bye bye. Yeah. I don't want to tell you the truth and I need <laughs> <laughs> Oh my That's gosh. Nice yes. me. I'm just like, is, is this real? Is more going to come out? Listeners, what do you think?
0: Oh, I think if he has any choice in it, he'll be maneuvering things just so he can get his name out there again.
1: Of course, of course. But the woman, (laughs) the the news anchor who we see a lot in this episode. Yes. She keeps mentioning how this story is much bigger and things, more things are going to come out. So the fact that she says that, which she seems credible, and then he also says that, for me, that kind of makes me wonder what is going to happen next. And will what
0: happens next have to do with war charges against Joe? Which, I mean, I guess there could be. Or are we looking at charges against Jeff? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Has
1: James gotten salty with Jeff and then double-crossed him because he didn't get his name on the zoo?
0: Well, imagine if he could figure that out, he would.
1: Well, Mommy has to help. Yeah. Of course, of course. Let's talk a little bit more about Jeff, the most disgusting creature on the face of this planet. His face is just uh, just watching his interviews. I think it's the tiny mouth. I don't know what it is, but it just makes me feel ill inside. (laughs) Oh,
0: It's just so smug.
1: Like even if, but even if I saw him on the street and he didn't say a word, I would still think that like I would.
0: I wouldn't even look twice at him.
1: No, of course not. But you know anyways yeah i digress let's get back on script here yeah so we're in thackerville now with the new zoo so jeff is talking about talks about how he he basically shanghaied tim stark into investing in the zoo because obviously we know jeff is poor he's got nothing so he needs to get as many people on board as possible. So, at first, this seemed to be going really well and Tim was quite happy and and they were all like, fuck Joe, we hate him, we're gonna fix this, we're awesome, yeah. And, like, they didn't really like each other but they made it work. You know? So, but then, all of a sudden, Tim has enough and pulls out. And he's saying that Jeff just didn't help, like, Like Tim shocked? Why is he shocked by Jeff's
0: lack of involvement? Yeah. How does Jeff con all these people into this stuff? Because you see Tim doing all the work and he's bringing all his animals over there and he talks about how he's put millions of dollars into this zoo and bringing all kinds of animals. So what money has Jeff actually put into the zoo? When Tim pulled out, money
1: back? I know I'm curious too but honestly like Jeff doesn't look like like do you really think Jeff gets dirty I don't even think he wipes his own ass like he probably gets his wife too yeah. really he's, he's, he's disgusting yeah he is so yeah very curious to see what happens with Tim and so Jeff we get to see another lovely shade of his just charming personality with his wife or I don't know if they're married, but anyways, so she's pregnant and the way he talks about her during that, like, oh yeah, we're going to get you back in the gym, get you all nice and tight again, blah, 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 because she's pregnant. And And then he's going on about the fucking nanny. Like Eric, what were you thinking when you let him just go on this nanny quest? It was disgusting. And then we get to see all the screenshots of the nannies he was going through. And I was like,
0: gross gross that is so gross oh it's you know really I and I can't believe Lauren just is okay with that and I don't know that poor I feel bad for Lauren because I feel like she's in an abusive relationship and she just feels she has to put up with whatever
1: 100% or sorry not
0: Joe whatever Jeff wants to do
1: and it does. Like for me, I was just thinking about the whole Travis Joe thing with Lauren and Jeff, and and she does seem much younger than him. And you can see, like a lot of times, she's just like, "This is my fucking life." Yeah. And it's sad, but um, funny enough, she had a. They're still together, and she had another, another baby by the time this series aired. And I found that really. really yeah, and I found that really interesting like, that that was still going on because... Wow. Uh, especially, I don't know, and obviously Jeff's banging that fucking nanny. That poor nanny.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, the whole reason he brought her in is for an extra extra thing on the side. And then Lauren's like, well, of course I'm not looking after this baby. What? what who does that? Yeah. It's disgusting. So... Potentially, Jeff could be facing charges. Like, he's got a lot of skeletons in his closet. And the rumor is there could be something much larger looming. I wonder what it is. Well, Shelby, you know what? This, I guess.
0: Well, we go back to finding the tiger bones in the zoo. And again, like we've talked a few times about, the timeline's always a little tricky in this show because they jump around so much. But I'm curious because Jeff was technically the owner for a while. How can they just decide that was Joe? But probably part of it was witness statements and things like that. But I would think because Jeff was running the zoo or in charge of the zoo, there could be some charges that come out from that. There could be. Again, the murder for hire stuff, you would think that would have all been put in the first time. But. You never know. Maybe there could be something from that. I, I don't know. Somebody <laughs> screwed over in the past comes out of the woodwork. I don't know.
1: Could be anything.
0: Could be anything with him, in all honesty. Now, we don't get too much of this, but we do get a little bit of Doc Antle. And he discussed that the government put all those charges together to make them stick against Joe. And he said, <laughs> I liked his comment. He said, Joe was not smart enough to hire somebody to kill Carol. So he Thank didn't believe know. that he actually did that. Yeah. I Thank go. you. I, I thought that was good. Yeah. Now, what's interesting is Joe said that since he's been sentenced and he's got all this time, that he's got lots of information on the other zoos and animal abuse. So he is speaking out and apparently has been talking to the PETA people. And you see Dylan going through a storage locker with some information. And he claims that Doc Antle euthanized cubs and then cremates them on his uh, compound, which which I wouldn't necessarily be surprised about.
1: I think that's the only way he can actually have the cub thing that he has going on without having too many grown tigers for me I'm just like yeah of course Doc's doing that
0: well and the other thing too is now that you can't sell the cubs it's not so easy to get rid of them either right
1: you have to euthanize them there's nothing else that he can be doing if he's really keeping all these young tigers
0: yeah so we see at the very end that uh they raided the zoo and Pete is investigating so curious if there'll be any charges on Doc Antle coming up
1: That clip that you mentioned was very interesting where he's going through the storage locker and then Eric's in there trying to grab the files and show everything. And Dylan's like, stop doing that. What do you think you're doing? You can't be doing that. And I was just like,
0: ooh, juicy.
1: What's Mm -hmm. going on? Yeah. But it also wasn't like that piece of paper he showed where it showed transfers. Like that piece of paper was shown throughout The whole series it crops up a lot and it's the exact same transfer information and so for me I was like why are they like I think I've seen that before it's not that big of a deal but I thought that was quite interesting if it was such sensitive information why is Dylan going through it on camera yeah but you know anywho let's talk some more about Dylan that poor boy he's just getting constant phone calls from Joe from jail and they are sad sad desperate calls
0: yeah, It's
1: it's heartbreaking. And I can understand, like, well, I can't understand it. I've never been in jail. Just just throwing that out there, guys, in case you were worried. I have never been to jail.
0: Oh, yeah Okay,
1: It's, you know, teacher thing. Not allowed to teach if you have been to jail. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> Don't want to lose my job. Yeah. We're not podcast famous yet. Well... No. <laughs> So he gets these phone calls from Joe and they're just tragic. And But Dylan seems to really care about him and is sticking by him and he understands where Joe's coming from. I do think it's quite an interesting you Joe's tone really changes about the animals and having these animals and you hear it in his phone calls with Dylan about how hard it is for him to be locked up in a cage and he's not supposed to be locked up in a cage and and then it's like all of a sudden he has this epiphany about how oh I had all these animals locked up in a cage and yeah so I thought that was really interesting yeah listeners what did you guys think about that and and the ramblings of Joe that we were hearing from jail
0: Yeah, and if they think Joe has, you know, seen the light about what he had done to the animals in his zoo by having them locked up.
1: Exactly. I would love to know what you guys think. So here's some updates on the character. So John Rinke, Rinke, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name. So he was the other worker and he says that he knew some things were going to come out in the trial and he couldn't eat or sleep because of it. What things, John? I want to know. I need to know. What things? Because he was at that zoo for 15 or more years. Did it come out? Did it not come out? I need answers.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I assume he's just talking about the the tigers getting killed and the cubs being sold. I don't know. I, I, I sort of felt like these workers always had... A relationship with joe and probably Mm -hmm. felt bad with the way things went down especially considering is joe any more guilty than carol or doc antle right in terms of killing tigers and selling tigers probably not so the only kind of difference is the murder for hire plot which is you know a bit flimsy that would add to part of my feeling bad for joe if i was in that situation because He's not, like we talked about, is he he the lesser of the three evils? Like, nobody's great in this storyline, but is he that much worse than Dr. Carol?
1: I don't think so. Yeah, I really don't. I I think they are all equally guilty. Carol, if not, maybe more, because she's just put this, like, veil of, I'm the
0: savior.
1: So I hate that even more. (laughs) But so...
0: Then we have Eric, one of my favorites. I just loved Eric. So he knew Joe was killing the cats, which was surprising, but I guess he would know. And it makes sense that it was definitely more than five, which is what I believe he got charged with. So it was a a sad interview, actually, because he did not seem like he was coping well with what was going on.
1: Yeah, it really felt like he had finally let all those skeletons or demons out of his, you know, he was finally admitting to all the stuff that was coming out instead of burying it. And he was just coming off the rails.
0: Yeah, I think he he looked drunk, too.
1: Oh, and he sounded drunk. Like, he he sounded yeah. under the influence. He looked under the influence. But how could you not be Michelle? Like, you're being yeah. forced to go and, and, like, revisit stuff and maybe... To keep working at the park, he had just kind of kept pushing it down and not processing. And then doing this documentary and having to go through the trials brought up all these things.
0: Well, this is it. And we say all through this that it's the power of the big cats. And the people working with these big cats keep working at these zoos because they want to be around these animals. And, you know, Eric and John worked at that zoo for years. So they obviously developed a good relationship with the animals. You know, you see lots of points where Eric seemed to really be concerned and worried about these animals. So the fact that this zoo is now falling apart, I'm sure, is really upsetting. It's like losing your lifelong job, right?
1: Exactly. And like these animals, who knows what's going to happen with them? Who knows where they're going to go? And having to sever ties, Is really hard. You never want to have to give up an animal before it's time, especially if you know it's going to continue living after you've given it up. I thought it was very interesting that John wasn't asked to take the stand, but I think Eric was. So I think Eric, yeah. So I thought that was very strange.
0: Yeah. But I think John did go to court, didn't he? He went,
1: but he was never asked to testify.
0: Yes. Because you see him at court, but yeah, he did say he didn't testify, which is weird.
1: And he said he was very shocked. John knew just as much as Eric. They were there the same amount of time, so why was one chosen over the other? And, like, for me, when I'm trying to get to the bottom of, you know, some playground shenanigans, I'm interviewing everyone, not just one or two people, everyone.
0: (laughs) That's right.
1: Let's talk about Carol. Oh, Carol is just milking it for all it's worth as she does she is such a fucking piece of work (laughs) just such a smoke and mirrors so she's tries to say that her being killed would have pushed her movement forward and like she would have become a martyr it would have just made things better so she's come to terms with like maybe her death would have benefited and i'm just like shut the fuck up carol
0: Oh, I know. When she was saying that, I'm like, are you kidding me? Ugh. Yes, you're so important.
1: Everyone would have forgotten about you in a heartbeat. Okay. Yeah. Or they would have been happy. I don't know.
0: Yeah. She's not that great. She she's really likes to I think she's so above these other two and all the other small zoos, but I, I don't think she's that much better.
1: This episode was a bit strange. I did feel like there was a lot of incongruent moments. Oh, when they were doing the Howard thing, and he's like, It was a Brie and champagne night. And then he sang her that song, and I thought my ears were going to bleed. And even she's like, This is horrible. I could just see her being like, I'm going to feed you to the fucking cats later. (laughs) You have served your purpose.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You're not- and then we have John Finley. He said he didn't know about the murder for hire last episode, but then he testified against him. Again, it's hard to know when all the timeline was for all these things. I'm not sure. He should know. He should know that if after the trial, and if they're doing this interview after the trial, before the trial, he might not know because you can't be in the actual courtroom if you're a witness, if you're a But justified.
1: he drove Alan to another state to get ID so that he could do this whole thing. So, like, he knew about Alan. So, that's the thing is he testified okay, to like, knowing about these key things and then was like, who's Alan? I don't know who Alan
0: is. No, he knew who Alan was. He's like, I don't know. As we sometimes refer to people like John, John is a simple person. I think we said this before. You
1: did. You said this last episode.
0: He's just a simple, sweet, lovable guy. And I don't think he thinks too deeply. And I think if Joe said drive Alan to this other state to get fake ID be like, oh, all right, this will be a nice drive and on my nice truck and get in his truck and go for a ride. I don't think he thinks about, oh, why would he need fake ID to buy a gun and, and then kill Carol? Like, I don't think he went those steps beyond.
1: You're too trusting, Michelle. You're too trusting. <laughs> you just, you know, this is how you get sucked in, okay? You just think these simple thoughts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no i think i've just worked with enough simple people that i'm like what <laughs> really do you not yeah, get yeah. this and you know he they calls- call me and you remember when you told me this i uh, know that wasn't what i said you know or i have to go through the same thing 500 times because they don't get it i meet true. a lot of simple people so yes i feel he's a simple person
1: true <laughs> um, i have to say Uh, And I've been saying this all episode, but I mean, all series, sorry, guys. But they mentioned that John Finley got emotional during his testimony, especially while discussing the fact that he was, you know, in a relationship with Joe and was more than just a worker at the zoo. And for me, I'm just like, it means he really loved Joe. Like, obviously yeah. cuz he spent this whole this whole series being like no no I'm a straight man I'm straight straight as an arrow I was just doing it for the for the stuff you could see it at the beginning when he was talking about him in those early interviews he you could see he really cared and I think 100% it drives it home that yes John although you don't want to admit to yourself that you were in a relationship with a gay man and that that's maybe how you feel, it is your truth. John, you got to live your truth.
0: I don't know if he so much denies it, but I think you're right. I think this shows that he didn't
1: care about Joe. I think he's in denial. And, like, how he acted when he
0: got his tattoo denial. I And I think, like we said before, it just shows that sexuality is fluid and it, just because he had this relationship with Joe and may not have a relationship with another man, doesn't mean it wasn't a relationship at the time, and that's where he was at.
1: Exactly. Who knows? He might fall in love with Joe Jr. James. because yes. Roll it.
0: Yeah. There you go. Yes. Oh, John, don't go there. Away, <laughs> I don't Josh. think he's that simple. <laughs> Assuming he's still with Amber and uh, the babies.
1: I don't know. I really, I really say. Have you seen the ne- episode 8?
0: No, I've been trying not to jump ahead. I was very tempted to start watching it and I thought, "No, I don't want to jump ahead because I don't want to taint my thoughts about this episode." Okay. Which is what I've done throughout this like okay. let's just watch the episode and and talk about it and then go on to the next one. Cuz otherwise you, I felt like I'd get confused cuz so I, much happens in the episode.
1: I know. And like listeners, obviously we have seen these episodes. Many times we have watched each of these episodes several times, Yeah. but I also have not watched episode eight because I just didn't want anything to come up. And then it changes. Like it was hard enough sometimes to keep it straight. Yes. Like we're only talking about episode blah, and I can't allow anything else that's happened after this to influence what I say in the podcast.
0: Yeah. And even just trying not to, search too much on social mm-hmm. media or even news articles or things yeah. like that. When I looked up what happened to uh, Jeff with the jungle bus in Vegas, because it's like, okay, I just, I have to search this. Cause I have to know this. I was like, there's all kinds of stuff that comes up and I'm like, no, Michelle, they're just looking up the jungle bus. We're not looking at anything else, but it was very tempting to start reading all the articles and find out what's going on now.
1: It was. And just as a teaser, we might be doing another follow-up episode, guys, to see what's going on. You'll have to stay tuned.
0: Yeah, we'll have to see what episode eight is like and if it's worth chatting about it. But we'll probably chat about it at least a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. me okay. something interesting's on there. Um, so yeah, I'm curious for listeners what your final thoughts are after you've watched all the episodes, what you think if Joe deserves to be in jail or was he treated too harshly. Um, Was it unfair that Jeff's not in jail, that James kind of set him up and what their thoughts are on kind of just the whole situation and get some feedback. We can um, talk about that in a bonus episode. But I felt overall for me, I felt like it was like an unbelievable limited like docu-series. It, It just the amount of stuff that happens and all the twists and turns, which were not expected it made very interesting to watch. Of course the animal abuse is not great but I feel like it was not too much that made it unbearable to watch but it was enough to highlight the issue and hopefully this will prompt people to think twice before owning exotic animals and before uh, participating in any type of animal tourism.
1: I have to agree. We have watched a lot of stuff. We have watched a lot of documentaries. I have watched many limited series. And this was one of the most sensational and crazy things I have ever watched. It was exactly what I needed during this pandemic and lockdown. Mm -hmm. It helped me through. (laughs) Made me feel good (laughs) about my life. If that's possible. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I really, I think... You know, there there are other documentaries like Don't Fuck With Cats. I have never been able to watch it because I know it's going to deal with some type of animal cruelty and abuse. And whereas this, for me, if you guys truly are so naive to think that these zoos exist and there's no animal abuse going on, that is something you need to think about. Because for you to be that naive, that's just, that's ridiculous. And so hopefully people are are made to understand, like you said, what animal tourism is really about and what you're funding. I know with um, what's been going on in the world with COVID-19, like in the U.S., lots of people are getting stimulus checks and they're saying heaps of people are being influenced to buy tigers with them because of Tiger King. And I'm just like, are you not getting the message? No one should be spending their money. Their stimulus check money on a tiger. What the fuck is wrong with you? Did you learn nothing from this documentary?
0: Yeah, like that's almost the whole point of this really is besides all the crazy characters that make it interesting and compelling to watch. The other point is about how difficult it is to keep, these exotic animals in captivity in terms of the cost and the care, but also to their quality of life and their enjoyment of life and not being out in the wild and living in a small cage. Yeah.
1: Josh, the campaign guy, he had like one of the best statements, I think of this whole show, in this episode where he discusses like the cost of all these legal battles and, you know, all this stuff and how we could have just put all that money towards true conservation and true protection in the wild. If we really care about these animals, we need to be really doing conservation efforts and really um, keeping them in the wild and not, and not owning them. I think that's so important. I have to also say my favorite song of Joe's was in this episode, I Saw a Tiger. I I watched this episode, you know, earlier last week, prepping for this podcast. And I will tell you, listeners, this song has been in my head every fucking day I dreamed about it the other night it is on a loop like I have to go on YouTube and watch this song so I can hear the whole thing and maybe it will leave me alone but it's my favorite one I keep singing it to my partner you know just serenading him we were on a hike yesterday I was singing it (laughs) I was ready for him to push me off a cliff
0: I'm glad he didn't
1: (laughs) I know I know but yeah so have to say I saw a tiger and now I understand.
0: (laughs) And I guess one final thought I would just say that what's interesting is Joe is finally famous after all of this and that's all he ever wanted with his zoo and his reality TV show and his internet show and all that stuff. He was just dying to be famous and now he's got it, but he's in jail.
1: And I think like if anything, now he's just, I wanted to be famous and now is that really what I want or like look at all these things I was doing to these animals and was it really the right thing he's become introspective he's questioning what he's done with his life and I want I want some more updates I need to know I'm not I'm not finished with this show yet this show may be finished with me but I'm not done <laughs>
0: Well, Joe's probably going to be in prison for a while, so you can probably look him up and write him a letter. Could you imagine, Michelle, (laughs) if Joe Exotic
1: and I become pen pals? There you go. I have something (laughs) to
0: hope for. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. And we'll probably be back on to do a little bit about episode eight and maybe a bonus episode about the videos. But I would also just like to say for our next season, we're planning to do single, like one episode documentaries, your typical movie documentary. So if anybody has anything they would like us to review, please shoot us an email and we can put that on our list for next season as we start thinking about what we're going to talk about next, we already have a couple on our list that we want to do, but would love to hear if there's anything people would like us to review. And you can find us on Instagram at docu on Twitter at docu underscore talk. And our email is docu.talk2 at gmail.com. And I will put that in the show notes. So thank yeah. you very much, everybody.
1: Yeah, it's been really great getting to review this with you guys. And I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. So stay tuned for season two. More chatty bitches talking about stuff you like.
0: That's right. All right. Thank you, Chelsea. Thank you, Michelle. (laughs) Okay, bye. Bye, guys.